Welcome to the Mindfulness of Singing, and I'm Denise, your sassy, spunky scientist. And I'm Tony, your bubbly, big-hearted flower child. Our podcast features practical tips and tools for a journey of transformation using the healing power of your voice. Each podcast, we will delve into the mind, body, and spirit connection by interviewing inspirational guests, sharing personal stories, and discussing the most recent scientific research. Tune in and join our community of mindful singers. Hey, Tony, what's that music we hear? What is that? Isn't it beautiful? It is beautiful. That is Magda Louisa Gardner, and she is a professionally trained mezzo-soprano, and she's taken her classical background in music and created a business using sound healing. She's a sound intuitive, and she has helped over 600 people around the globe by by creating individualized personal sound meditations. She has courses. She... um, just creates beautiful music to help people heal heal their soul and she wrote a book called remembering the song of your soul and she's the founder of the institute of embodied sound a 12-month program to awaken through the properties of sound so she's all about connecting to the sound that we all have which can be a healing force which is something we resonate with for sure so i can't wait to learn more from magda yeah me too let's talk to her it's amazing i'm excited Me too. Good morning, Magda. How are you? Hello. Hello, you two. So nice to be here. Nice to meet you. We're so honored to have you this morning and can't wait to to learn more about you. Yay. I'm excited to be here. Heard from Kirsten, my good friend of your work, and so... I'm happy to, yeah, have this time with you guys. Thank you. Well, as Denise said, I'm a woman of many questions, and so I'll just jump right in. I've been getting to know you this morning, and I found your journey quite fascinating and wanted to know how you evolved from a professional opera singer to an entrepreneur in the healing, sound, intuitive, um, how how you made that journey. Sure. I'm, um, this is actually one of my most favorite things to talk about. So um, I would say, so let, let me start here. I, I grew up in a musical family and I um, always liked to sing, but I never considered this to become my profession. I, um, I was a good pianist and I then, it was a logical thing to study piano first. But at some place, uh, at some point in my um, piano journey, I was almost done with my masters. I, and I played a lot for singers. I knew that I wanted to be the singer and it was the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> um, I had taken some voice lessons before, um, but like it was always like normal for me, like something you would just like something natural we would do on car rides as a family. And like opera always seemed so far away from me. To make a long story short, I, uh, to make a long sh- story short, I was um, really making the change and I became a singer and that has changed my entire life. I would say I always was in a spiritual path, but the singing has 
put me out there, so to say. I had to face so many of my fears. Like when you have a piano, you can always hide behind it in a way, yeah? You, you don't even have to face the audience directly. You're always like, they only see your profile. And this was one component, but um, then my, my voice developed pretty quickly. I had a, I, had, I, I don't know why, it was, it was just like that. And I was starting to perform first with local companies in New York City, then with New York City Opera, then with companies all over the country. And I, I loved it. I really did. And at some, some um, yeah, it actually, it's, it's hard to say, but in the middle of this entire process, I went through a couple of very deep personal crises, like really deep crises where I had to let go of or where I was almost like pushed by the universe to let go of so many beliefs I had before. Um, and I just knew that I had to start sharing what I had been in, in a way experiencing all my life, the connection of soul and sound. Like already when I was a child, I would just sit at the piano and sing and get lost. I would close my eyes and it was just, it wasn't necessarily like a prayer. It was more like I was just in my space. I was connecting to myself. And that was my kind of my, my place of refuge. And that grew over the years into, I, I had experiences where I would like play and sing and people would start to cry and, and, and process emotional stuff. And at some point later on, when I was already a singer, I knew little sound messages or you could call them sound meditations or sound readings specifically for a person or a, a certain situation so um i don't know if kirsten shared that with you but for example um i had no idea once we were already friends but not so close the only thing i knew was that she was performing down in florida i had no idea that she was sick or anything and at that morning i had a strong impulse to record her such a thing <laughs> um, and I, I know I, when I do that, I have no idea what will come through. I just start playing any instrument and start singing and I record that. And often I see inner images or have an impulse or know exactly it needs to be in G major or in F major in that moment. And then uh, I sent that to her. A few hours she go back to me saying, Magda, you, you you couldn't have known that, but I was really feeling sick. I'm about to have my last performance of Salome and I'm so freaked out that I won't be able to do the performance. And when I listened to your sound message or your sound reading or sound meditation, I had these, she described it like that, that she felt energy being kind of processed and releasing from her body and she cried. After that, she felt better and she was performing the next day. And mm -hmm. I'm not telling you this because I think I'm so great. I'm telling you this because I know that every one of us has something inside that is so powerful coming from our soul. It is that, that inside of us that is that is tapped really, as I call it also in the book that I wrote about this whole thing that I do. Um, we are really plucked into the cosmic song of the universe, if you want. And if we, if we experience this power and allow it to flow through it, and believe you me, I had to go through a lot of 
inner healing and processes myself to be at the point where I am today. But this is kind of what started my work. And today I do all kinds of things. I, as I said, wrote a book about it. I do online courses for other singers. Before COVID started, I was also doing live courses. <laughs> and yeah, and so, yeah, here I am building this because I, I really know it's part of my calling to teach about the transformative power of sound and its healing properties. And I'm super excited to chat with you guys about it. That's awesome. And uh, I think it's really cool. Um, as I mentioned earlier, she's given over 600 personal sound healing. I don't want to use the wrong word meditation, you might say, or intuitive channeling for people across the globe. And so tell us a little bit about how you go about creating that, how you tap in. Do you have an interview process with them first to see what it is they're searching for, or do you let your own spirit guide you, or how do you do that? So a beautiful question, because, right? So um, actually, they, I have two types of, um, of this work, and I want to describe it quickly. I just recently renamed it a little bit so it's more understandable or more accessible. So the one thing which comes close to what I did for Pearson, the example that I just described, and this is uh, what I've done for 600 people all over. Um, I call now a mini sound reading. And in the mini sound reading, I call it mini because often it's not longer the recording than about 10 minutes. I just, I don't have an interview with the person before. I don't need to know anything about the person. The person doesn't need to share any personal information. Um, you can even come to me and say, hey, I wanna, I got one from you. I got one, for example. And then she got, she came to me and said, I wanna gift someone else. Could you record for that person? And I didn't know that person at all. So that happens too. So. No, I don't often know anything about the person. And that's often even helpful because then my mind doesn't kick in and it doesn't, um, so to say, it doesn't disturb the process. What I do, I usually meditate for a while. I use an incredible, powerful uh, meditation technique that's called the Rainbow Bridge. It comes from a, a, an amazing book that, that I highly recommend. It's called The Bridge to Super Consciousness and it's so powerful. Um, so I would often use something called the spiritual vortex in which is vortex anything out of my own energetic field. So I'm just I'll go through our days and we have moments of all kinds of emotions, right? And I don't want any of my stuff to interfere with this. So that's how I start. And then usually whatever instruments I, I have available, I travel a lot or I'm on the road a lot, I use. So I even have a little thumb piano that I sometimes use for that uh -huh. because it's little, it's small. And when I travel, it fits in my suitcase, right? right. <laughs> um, uh, so, and then I would just like tune in, often play a tiny little bit before I press record because I often already get a sense of where it's going to go or what kind of, like, as I said, maybe what kind of um, tunes or melodies come through or what keys. And then I just, honestly, honestly um, Tony, I often, I, I have no idea where it will lead me. And the more detached I am, the better. And then I just play and I start singing, often without using any words, more like vowels, what, however it comes through me. And sometimes a sentence comes up 
And that might be like a mantra or a very like a key phrase for that person. And then if I really feel strongly to do that, I do it. But often I don't because these sound files or these sound readings, they are meant to um, be used again and again and again for that person. And it might be the person listens and half a year later, she listens again. Her soul is showing her something different, right? And I want this to be as flexible as possible for that person so she can use it for her, the rest of her life. And then I, yeah, I record and often what happens, I see these inner images, like, I don't want to call it vision because that always sounds so big and then people think, oh my God, she's, she's like, um, it's, it, it creates that distance to people who maybe haven't experienced that and I don't want that. So mm -hmm. I, I often see these little inner films of something and I kind of sometimes take a quick note if I can, the hand is free or I keep it, usually it stays with me. And after I'm done recording with the sound file, immediately after, without doing anything in between, I record speaking and playing because it stays in the same energy. I record what I have been seeing. And I just tell the person, look, I had this inner image. I don't know what it exactly means, but you might know, because that's often the case. <laughs> And um, I had the feeling this, or I had the feeling there's a focus on that in your life right now. And these mini readings, let me say, they are focused on, I always ask spirit or the universe or God or the divine, whatever you want to call it, or my soul, because it's plucked in the whole thing. <laughs> um, what is most pressing for this person right now? What is really most important? Because, you know, I could do this the entire day and fill it with something that might speak to that person. So in that, sorry, in a mini sound reading, I really ask what's most important. That is one part of that work. And the other is that I do really comprehensive readings with people if they want that, where I'm actually having a Zoom call with them like this, that's being recorded, and where I go much deeper into all kinds of different areas. It has a little bit to do with the rainbow bridge technique, has to do with the chakras, has to do with um, your soul path, with maybe the guides you're plucked in. This is a bit more comprehensive, but this is like an, an hour long where I tap into what's actually the frequency of your soul path. What is what is your calling? So this is a bit um, longer, but yeah, I'm passionate about both and that's it. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yes, but, and it gave me six more and I'm gonna let Denise have a turn every once in a while, but I'm gonna continue being Tony. So. Um, when you're doing your yoga practice, do you use uh, bija mantras or sound or humming as part of your yoga practice? And which yoga practice flavor is kind of your favorite for incorporating the things that you do? And then Denise, you get one before I have my next. I, I got nothing because you know me. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm. A, this is all like very new to me, and I don't. I got nothing other than wow. I'm gonna have to buy one of those ten minute sessions and see what. <laughs> I'm already, I, I, we, I, we have two purchase orders right here. I want one for myself and one to gift to, to Denise as a gift. Oh, and I'm going to oh take that gift. It would be a pleasure. It's just like, I could do this all day long, guys, seriously. So to come okay. to your question, you know, yoga was one of the things, um, is it, is it working? Yeah. Was I stuck? For just a, a, a little bit off and on, but it's okay. People will be able to get the gist it's it's good it's okay, okay. Good. don't worry about it so, um yoga actually was one big initiator for me to uh really 
yeah, to, to be more open and wider in my spiritual path. Mm-hmm. Like I grew up very Christian and I, like, I have a lot of conditioning and, and wounding around that that I had to work through. So, um, and I was going through a divorce in my 20s when all my Christian friends would like kind of abandon me and say, we can't be friends with it's not something we do (laughs) right and um this is really when my whole idea of god and spirit totally got reprogrammed i only knew at that time what i wasn't believing in anymore and i didn't quite know yet what i was believing in you know and that was when i actually went back to austria to salzburg one of my favorite towns in the world and i i started to do yoga i was there at that time i was at the university of mozarteum in in Salzburg and they had this program for musicians a yoga class and funny enough um yeah I tell you that in a second so I I I started yoga there um it totally stretched me open in every regard like right opening yourself and stretching I can just say it stretched me on every level of my being and so it is a very important path um, and that I incorporated. And when I became a professional singer, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have a day without having done yoga. Like, and this is until this very day, I do not sing or practice singing professionally. That's another part of my professional life, right? Um, without having done yoga before, because it stretches me open. It awakens my body. I feel aligned. I feel I know what's going on in my central channel if there is a blockage sometimes if i wake up let's say with a lot of uh for some reason an anxiety feeling particularly focusing on the third chakra do a lot of poses because the third chakra is our center of self-esteem right and so i i work with that and to answer your question about beta mantras yes it's funny that you say that i sing beta mantras a lot beta mantras for those who don't know are little one syllable um, called also seat mantras that you can use. They correlate with, there's one for each chakra, so to say. And um, I, last year in the pandemic, when it was just starting in April, I did a course for 12 singers, actually, 12 singers signed up, um, where we explored the chakras and sound. It was called um, Chakra Sound Healing Workshop. And it was ending up, I didn't plan it, but it ended up to hour long uh, teaching course we had five parts and I was teaching every time f- for more than two hours and we did a lot with the beta mantra so yes and um, in terms of my and I actually write about that is it I hope it's okay if I show that but this is my book Absolutely. the inner sound remembering cool cool thank you so um, it's called the inner sound remembering the song of your soul it has 12 chapters I actually just yesterday recorded a video um, where I give you a little summary what the book is about. Chapter five is called The Power of Self-Sounding because I want to bring people back no matter if they have an affinity with music, if they're singers or not, because I believe everyone can use its voice. And I saw on your website, you also do um, lots with humming and people's that because I think it's a huge myth that people think they cannot sing. We have lost something there, something very, very powerful, which also made me write this book. But I, in chapter five, The Power of Self-Sounding, I talk a lot about the Beecher mantras and how you can use them, as well as humming. This is why I loved your, your website already. <laughs> oh, thank and, you. Yeah. 
yeah no it's great and um yeah so i do yoga every morning after meditating and then i usually start practicing a bit right now outdoors because i'm kind of in the middle of nowhere upstate new york and it's nice to sing in the fields i enjoy that a lot and yeah hope that answered your yoga question tony <laughs> yes yes many things and I, I feel like we're kindred spirits i love to sing outside and hear that echo, you know, and just feel the nature around. Exactly. It's, it's beautiful. So, um, Denise, do you have anything or should I keep going? I think you should keep going because y'all, so far y'all have thrown out about 15 words. I have no idea what you mean. Oh, no, I don't believe that, but we'll keep going then. I mean, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm not a yogi, so, uh, Tony is the yoga person and I'm the science person. So we, we if sometimes you ask me anything, Denise, go ahead. Like, or like well, whatever, whatever. Right so I you. don't know. I don't know. And I think some of our listeners won't know what a bija mantra is. Yeah. Let me tell you, I can make an example. Um, the root chakra is right at the base of your spine. A chakra really is nothing else, but a energetic center that contains data that contains data about a certain life area for example the root chakra is connected to a lot to your upbringing how was your childhood did you feel safe do you feel safe right now in the world like i mean we all have lots of questions what's going on with this crazy crisis but at the same time like in general are we feeling do, you, do we have a feeling of I am grounded I have like I'm kind of in charge of my life and I feel secure that is root chakra stuff if we don't we can work with that and we can use for example a bija mantra the second a one syllable mantra coming from the yogic tradition um, to sing or chant that into this chakra and or, or focusing our, our kind of our mind on that area of our life and just chant it the root the root chakras bija mantra is um hold on lam. can you help me out tony lam 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 i worked so much with the second chakra i just created a second chakra course and i worked so much with vam that i forget for a second what was the first letter okay so it's lam l-a-m l-a-m they're all that short three letters lam is the root chakra bija oh, okay. mantra or this is beginning to ring a bell for me but I, I but I didn't realize that the name of that was a bija mantra so but if I'm like that then I know there are going to be other listeners who are like what are of these course. people Absolutely. talking about so I'm sure you're remembering it now from the workshops I did with your kids when we did yes we totally went... from you I've never heard another yoga instructor ever talk about any of this like they just do the the flow or or the exercise or the thing that they would they don't they might mention a chakra, but they don't really go into like, what is a chakra or what does that mean? And, and okay, it's a heart chakra, but what does that mean in the greater definition of that? I have a heart, it beats, it's a muscle. Does, is that, is that what we're talking about? You know, you know what I mean? Like there are just going to be some folks who aren't going to know what all of Absolutely. this means. So, okay. Yeah. So that's a grand opportunity for those that are curious and want to know to plug in and to connect with Magda on all of these things. Just had to get that in there. Go go back. So where were you? We, we... Um, yeah, 
you fire away, Tony. I, I okay. think I, that's just, I wanted to answer that about the Beecher mantra. A couple of things, and you can choose which one you want to go to next. Um, I'm curious, you said you came from a Christian background, and Denise and I both did as well. In fact, Denise is a PK, a preacher's kid, and she is a typical preacher's kid, I might add, a uh, rebellious little spitfire over there. Yep. And uh, we've worked through our own issues, and I still claim my Christianity, but I have a very broad view of God, divinity, source, however you, I don't get stuck on what the label of that, but... So I'm wondering how your journey, I would call you from the things I have read and seen and studying in my little getting acquainted this morning, um, a minister of sorts through your sound because you are giving spiritual health and renewal to people. And so I'm wondering how that was embraced by your family. You already mentioned that your friends in your 20s going through a divorce. I'm I'm the rebel in my friend group too. I've been divorced. We're all Denise too and um, yep. fallen women. No, not really. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. You know, that was a, that was a, yeah, Denise, I don't mean that. <laughs> Uh, in in some circles, we might view you that way. Is what I'm trying to say. But but Definitely. my but Definitely. my view is by my view is not that. But anyway, um, how your family embraced that, and then I'll, I've got another long question, so I'll go ahead and let you answer that. Okay. Um, let's see. It was a process for sure, um, because first of all, it was a process for me right? First of all, I needed to purge all of these often um, limiting beliefs. Like, so I see it like that. Any spiritual tradition has something very beautiful in, in its core. I believe the teachings of Jesus were incredible. I'm very connected to, I call him now Master Jesus. I believe he's ascended master and he's up there ready to help assist and I believe he was an amazing spiritual teacher. Um, but it took a while for me to purge all of that, right? Because if you grow up for a long time, if, if you even grow up in, in, in very extreme circles where you've been told this is sin, this is sin, having sex before marriage is sin, all of that kind of nonsense that is life, um, that sucks the life out of you. That for me comes from institutionalized faith. And institutions are always dangerous. As soon as we put something in an institution, people want to get power and they want to have their way. And this is why religion created so much pain in the world and so much really horrific things. So, I, and it was a process for me. So there was a time when um, w one of my sisters wouldn't speak to me because I got divorced. Right, this changed our relationship. Healed. I have three sisters, um, and she's the one actually right now who is most interested in everything I do and wants to beautiful. know things. And it's beautiful because, like, it's funny. I don't know why I'm the youngest, but I'm the rebel in the family. And here we go. Right. So it has been a process. My parents, funny enough, <laughs> funny. We all, all the three of us. That's funny. Here we go, like people who are similar, they attract each other. Um, my parents were never super fundamentalistic about their faith, which helped me a lot. There was a time where they didn't understand what was going on and where they were also judging me. But who doesn't? We all judge. Um, for my, my parents, it was almost because their faith or what they believe or their Christian path isn't so extreme. For them, it was almost easier to embrace that I am just opening myself now for 
new things. And then there are family members where I just like, I don't talk about it all the time because I know they don't want to hear it. And if they do, they can come, right? I'm here. So it's all like, it's, a, it's, a, it's also a, a balancing act to just know what am I sharing with whom? I don't need to share everything that is so precious and dear to me that is, that is my life with everybody. So discernment and, and yeah. But that's really I, wise. I know that's really wise and shows an, a huge amount of emotional IQ on your part to not need acceptance, validation from people who aren't going to give it to you. Like, it, yeah. you know, the fact that you just not don't, gonna happen. you don't need it. You, you're you're going to do what you, what your heart and soul needs to do, wants to do without craving or needing or coveting someone else's approval that's that's an amazingly free place to come from i think true yeah uh, i agree i couldn't agree more mm -hmm. brava we, we we applaud you on that mm -hmm. that's, that's beautiful uh very inspirational and then the next question was um i noticed that you also have a 12 month course for people who want an in-depth sound healing experience have any of your um people who purchased, say, uh, sound meditation, then pivoted and joined the course uh, through that? Or tell us, the, brag a little bit and tell us about that. Tell us your success stories. And I know you don't take personal credit that you have already alluded that it's the source within you that we all have. You're just tapping in. So tell us what's happened on that journey. Cool. Thank you so much for giving me uh, the opportunity to do that, Tony. I appreciate that. So um, it actually all has to do with my book, The Inner Sound, Remembering the Song of Your Soul, that I'm tempted to recall sound, remembering the song of your soul, because I believe this is more accurate, because everything is vibration and we are sound in our essence. Like every atom has a frequency. It's measurable. So... Um, Yes, when I wrote, I knew that I wanted to offer a program that kind of goes along with the book. It has 12 chapters. And so I, this is something that is already, I, how do I say that? It's called the Institute of Embodied Sound because what I believe to be true is that sound really is a tool for us to embody that divinity that we are. It's like a pathway for us to really experience in our body that we are whole, that we are, and we can use that. And so um, the, this institute, I'm actually launching this year. So it hasn't started yet. Okay. Just to say that much about it, but it's, it's, it's there. And I, um, because my book is out there rather for a shorter time, um, I want to give it a little bit more time. I probably start, it needs a bit, you, as you know, when you, when you launch a program, it needs a bit of time before that. Might do it in September, start talking about it more in August or July, something like that. Can't really tell you for sure yet. But what I've done um, and what I keep on, on building at the moment is for example, this comprehensive chakra course last year, nurse, but there were also non-singers, one or two. There were many singers. And because I am so passionate about, because I'm so passionate about 
when people find that calling in themselves, whatever it is, right? It can, this can be people who have a calling in sound or in music, or maybe are singers themselves. And it can be people who haven't at all, who are no singers or are no musicians. But I'm so passionate about when people find that song of their soul. This is how I call it, that which is so alive in us, which is like, which is part of our calling, which is why we are here. Um, I actually created, and that's also in the book because it has lots of chapters and it's very practical. Tenth chapter is called Sacred Work, Becoming a Sounding Channel of Grace, where I go deeply into that. I believe our work life is meant to reflect our soul gifts. It's meant to be a, and we are a channel, by the way, no matter if we want it or not. We're always a channel. Whatever we put in ourselves is what comes out, right? If I'm full of negativity and blame and resentment, that's what will come out of me. So in this chapter, um, I, it, it's, I don't know how, how much time we still have, Tony, but when I wrote at my book at the beginning, and I was very passionate about it, and when I am, I have so much fire, I can just go forever. I wrote day and night the first three months, and I slept very little. <laughs> of course, that wasn't a sustainable way to finish. And at some point, the universe kicked in and told me, hey, listen, you need to slow down. You need to slow down and bring this more in a sustainable thing. And I want you to spend time in nature every day for at least an hour. And so I implemented that in my day. I'm a nature person anyway. I love it. But I was in New York City at the time. And it was just so I implemented in my day to go down to the Hudson, which I live close to every single day and spend time under trees, just sitting there doing nothing, having no agenda, just taking in nature. And in that process, I realized something. I realized that I was driven that I was driven by something that I would call a linear approach to how we do pretty much everything in life, especially business. And if we look at our economy, our everything always needs to be higher and quicker and faster. And we need a higher skyscraper because the highest one isn't high enough yet, right? And so um, I really, it was so humbling this process because mother earth started talking to me and showing me her cycles, showing me, look, I'm not stressed about at all how fast this tree is growing it's just growing it's it's calling and it's just following its natural cycles and so i was really i i was being wow this is this is a big lesson for me to learn but i took notes at some point every day when i was out there writing down my lessons that i learned about mother nature and when it comes to building a business because i essentially knew that i had to turn what i am doing into a business and has a negative connotation. Um, what I really mean is a, a something, as you probably said before, I needed to create a platform for the work I do because I believe I'm called to teach about the transformative power of sound. And so all these lessons that I learned turned into a course that's called Blossoming Business that I taught last year in June. This is a six week program every every session has at least one and a half hours of video teaching material people get a pdf guide so they can go really deep and people have started to to really manifest visions there's a, um, a, a singer in new york city she has started a, an opera company called opera for earth because she's super excited about the earth and healthy nutrition and all of that there is a woman in the UK who is a heart math teacher, like the, the coherence of the heart. Yeah. Like we both own a device. 
We both have own. Oh, own cool. Devices. Amazing. Yes, yeah. she, she's in the UK. She did my course and she, she's doing extremely beautifully well. But she, she especially said that this course helped her so much to really honor the natural cycles of things and not allow um, that linear thinking. And there are probably other terms you could use for that, but that stressed um, way of approaching economy. I really believe like the more we align our businesses and our lives to, to the moon in a way, because that the moon goes cycles of increasing and decreasing of um, extroversion and of introversion. And that is what we need. Like if I just put myself out there all day long, I, I, I am exhausted after three months. And that's what happened to me after three, three months of writing nonstop. <laughs> and the universe taught me a really deep lesson then. Right. So this is this is what I do. And I know there are lots of different things. I do the, the personal mini sound readings. I do readings with people. I also work one on one with people who want to go deeper in their healing where I use the modalities of sound. Like we would go deep into inner child things like how can we kind of reprogram our brain by going back into the situation. Bring our soul power, the light of our soul or are also sound. I often have clients sing to their inner child, which is so powerful. Like it's always, it's, and they record that and then they can re-listen and it really helps their um, experience trauma to heal. And I've done that myself a lot with my, yeah, with my mentor. So this is work I, I love very, very much. The recent course, the last recent course I, I just did um, is called the Second Chakra Detox Course. And I did that in particular because I believe our creativity is so much under, I almost want to say attack. And I know that's a strong word, but this entire global crisis makes it really difficult for um, creativity to, it also has for many people because we have, we had to come up with new ideas, right? So if you use it in a good way, it can help you. Like I've come up with so many ideas. I would have never, would there have not been a crisis, right? And I'm sure you did too with the work you do. So um, yeah, but this is, this is a shorter course. It has three parts. People can do it remotely. It's called the second chakra detox course. And the second chakra, again, to be more specific what that means, it's just really our center of creativity. It's right below the navel from a physical point of view, which is also where all our reproductive organs are. So again, the, the, the chakras always like they combine kind of the physical and the energetic or the spiritual, because in the end, it's all one. We always think so body and here is the spiritual and here is the emotional. And in the end, it's all interwoven and it's all one. So the chakra just and the second chakra holds that kind of stuff. Am I putting out my creativity there or am I feeling stuck? Do I let it be repressed or have I ways to express it? So, and that's what I felt called to do a, a little course about. That's the last one people can get. And yeah, also this is a bit like I am right now uh, moving my entire platform to a new domain. So far I had a, a website and it's still my main website called the-inner-sound.com, but I'm moving it in the next few couple, hopefully months uh, over to something called Sounding Souls. When people look me up, they'll find stuff on both. 
domain. Yeah, right okay. Now. We'll be sure and include both of that for our listeners' sake that you can find that on our YouTube channel and in our notes. Um, if you're looking at um, uh, iTunes or Spotify or whatever, you'll you'll see it in the notes, and we'll be sure and say here it is now. But in a couple of months, if you can't find it here, look here. <laughs> so we'll be sure and include that. And I think I found you through your name. Is that correct too? Do you also have a yeah. domain? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that is also that is kind of the same domain. Like the inner the the dash inner dash sound.com is the same. Um, uh, I mean minus when I say dash. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yes. You can also listen so you, on you YouTube and find uh, Magda through her name there, Magna Louise Gardner. And I want to give one last shout out, and I know we need to wrap up, but thank you so much for your time and sharing so much, so many beautiful things with us. Um, tell our listeners where you were born. Ah, uh, sure. I was born in the south of Germany, um, which is a nice country, but I don't feel very connected to it, which is why I live in the United States. I studied in Austria and lived in the UK before I came to New York. Um, and yeah, I feel I'm called to be here. Well, the reason, the reason I bring that up Sorry. is because I, I purchased your book on Kindle after I was getting to know you this morning and because I wanted to oh, read it right away. And I was impressed that you mentioned that English is not your native tongue. And so to write a book in a language that's not your native tongue, I, I have a real appreciation for what that involves as I'm translating our book into Italian because I have a soul and passion for all things Italian. So I appreciate that you chose to write in English and not in German. And I found that interesting and kudos to you. Many, many kudos for many beautiful things that you're doing. And thank you for blessing us with your time this morning. I wanted our listeners to hear you. So go check it out and we, maybe we can include something because- We'll include it. You'll hear it. You'll hear it because it's beautiful. So thank you, Magna. Blessings on all that you're doing. And I can't, I've got a gift for my friend. Don't tell her, okay? All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Magda. Thank you so much to both of you. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. We are very grateful that you joined us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, write a review, share it with a friend.